0: A shot of J.D. with friends. Conversations from Oklahoma City. We're here
1: to learn. Anybody else have a problem with that? That's a teacher of the year play right there.
0: No one tells you this when you're working kindergartners. All you're doing is domesticating wild animals. Meet the new teacher's pet. What are you planning to do without a high school education said, Don't worry about it. I'm going to get my EGD.
1: Stay in school and don't let nobody bully you.
0: A shot of JD. Please listen carefully. I almost feel like I need to put my NPR radio voice on for this particular podcast. Showed a little love to educators in this podcast. I'm your host, Jason Doyle. Welcome! To a shot of JD with friends. Uh, it's been a minute or two, of course, because you know life happens and this is my hobby. So uh I i try to get these things in the can and try to get them out as quickly as possible. But you know, it's one of those things. Uh time slips away and all this. So this particular podcast we recorded on May 8th, 2021. And it features Kareem Mohammed. He's the founder and executive director of the Teachers Appreciation Foundation here in Oklahoma City. And it's uh, we recorded it at Prelude Coffee Roasters, uh, there at 8th Street Market in uh, downtown or near downtown Oklahoma City. And uh, so our conversation was actually because I missed an award show and the Teachers Appreciation Foundation gave me an award for my work in journalism, looking at uh, education and following all kinds of things of education here in Oklahoma. So it, this is where my hobby kind of crosses over with my profession in having this conversation with Kareem uh, because it's, it's kind of neat. But I have to make a note here this podcast kind of has a little bit of a timing situation on it when we launch it because there's a giveaway and it's only valid for so long and I don't want to kind of give anything away because I want you to have to listen to the actual conversation to find out what it's all about and all that kind of good stuff. So, if you get the chance, listen all the way through and you will find out what we're giving away and how it's all, you know, tied in and then details after after the conversation uh, here on the Shot of JD podcast. Uh, so anyway, we, we uh, so Kareem Muhammad uh, and I, we met uh, at Prelude Coffee Roasters on that uh, Saturday morning, May 8th, 2021, and we had a nice little conversation about their organization itself. Uh, he gave me the award. That's kind of how we started this thing. And, and we talked, we, we really had a wide ranging conversation that morning. Uh, so, uh, the teacher's appreciation foundation, it's kind of interesting that, uh, why he established it. And, uh, we, we go into that. We talk about our teacher influences and role models and, and those type of things. I, we actually also talk about what it was like to be a DJ in the 1990s. Um, and And we get to talk about one of my favorite Oklahoma City artists uh, uh, here, uh, recording artists. Um, And we get a little serious when we talk about engaging parents in the classroom and and things like that. So it's a great podcast. I got to say Kareem Muhammad was a great great guest, and I really appreciate uh, the Teachers Appreciation Foundation for giving me a award, and that's how we start this podcast. But before we get started, remember, if you need to uh, reach out, want to get a hold of me at any uh, point in time, you can always do that through social media. That's at Jason Doyle on Twitter. If you're over on Facebook, that's uh, my Facebook page is Jason Doyle Broadcasted. Uh, you want to shoot an email, Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to catch up on back episodes of the Shot of JD with Friends podcast, you can do so at shotofjd.simplecast.com. And now, here we are with Kareem Mohammed from the Teachers Appreciation Foundation.
1: A shot of JD. Thank you for having me. This is a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. It's fun. You, you just have a vivacious personality. So what we have here, we have an award that we going to present to you from the Teachers Appreciation Foundation. And it's from our annual award show called the TAF Awards. Which is like an analogous to the Grammys. So this is your official Grammys wow. from the Teachers Appreciation Foundation. Well thank you, you so much. You welcome to open it up. It's a beautiful right. award. It, it it uh it basically represents, you know, what we what we're doing. Wow. It's, it's a momentous movement we want to share to the world. That's so you you you're part of the world uh, experience, so to speak. For what uh the movement that we're we're uh, this is beautiful. have initiated over the years.
0: This is beautiful. Thank you so much. This is, it, it's, a, it's a bronze globe and uh, it is it, up on a tower and a TAF award, a TAF dignitary Jason Doyle 2021. This is absolutely beautiful. Wow. I just, Thank you. Thank you. I, I just, I, I, just the fact that I'm on your radar is amazing to me. Oh, absolutely. Because, because you know, I, you know, you know, you know me as my public face when it comes to uh, being on OETA as right. a reporter and, and producer, and uh, and I do a lot of different media things around here. So how did I catch your attention?
1: Well, what we do, we have a, a pool of people that goes around and just they they do surveys for us. And they like, bring us intel, and they brought your name up. I said, yeah, yeah, Jason Doyle. I believe we met before at some network functions and uh-huh. things of that nature. I said, yeah, yeah, I, I met uh, Mr. Doyle before. So I said, yeah, let, let, let's, you know, I can't do anything as far as voting and things of that nature. We have an academy that does that. They said, okay, let's get this guy in, let's get her in, and then they, they do a, a private vote. Um, and then, you know, I don't even know who wins till the day of the show. So that makes it exciting and makes okay. it fun. Okay. Yeah, for me as well. I said, I don't, don't want to know. You know, I know the nominees, but I don't know who the uh, winners are till the night of.
0: And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to the live thing. But it, it kind of moved around a little bit simply because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh,
1: the pandemic, that was the first thing. And then, um, along with the pandemic, we had the Arctic. <clears throat> excuse me, the Arctic storms. Arctic storms, yes, At yes. End. I said, wow, you know, I've talked to my team. I said, what can we do? This thing? And then everybody was like, well, the best thing to do for the safety of the people is just move the day back again. So we had to move it, not once, but twice. Yeah, we moved it twice. Yeah, we had to move the day hmm. back twice, yeah.
0: But the ceremony, what I've been able to see yeah. through social
1: media and things like that, the ceremony was fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, ironically, it was one of the best productions I have experience. I've been doing this almost ten years, mm-hmm. and uh, just the, the 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 ambiance and the uh, just the synergy in the room was just electrifying. It, it was one of my best productions.
0: Yes. So, so Kareem, tell me a little bit about the inspiration be, uh, behind the Teachers Appreciation Foundation. What inspired you to create it?
1: Uh, my mom. Uh, my mom. She's a forty-year-plus school teacher. She taught first grade over 40 years so she was in her uh, time of retirement I was like mom I want to do something special for you and I wanted to cater it to an eclectic group of people so I told her what my idea was and she said I've been to enough banquets you know you know not really so she critiqued she she critiqued me well I went back home and it, it, it made me even more ambitious more driven because, you know, you just feel it in your soul. I, I came to her maybe about a week later. I said, Mom, this is what I want to do. This this is uh, I I feel this is what I was called to do. She said, well, okay, if you, if you uh, include school teachers, she said, have you ever heard of a ceremony that also included janitors, uh, cafeteria staff, school bus, you and everything just started just you know coming to life. All these visions in my head. I said, no. She said, include them and you got something rest is history. Wow. <laughs> and it, it, that is important. Uh,
0: my grandfather, my, gra- my grandpa Jerry, he was a uh, longtime uh, janitor for Duke Public Schools in okay. uh, southwest Oklahoma. Um, I remember my dad telling me stories when uh, he, uh, he was growing up. They, they were coal-fired heaters and boilers and stuff like that. So my dad would always get in trouble playing in the coal pits, oh, wow. uh, that my grandfather was, you know, would actually shovel the coal into the, that. He kept that school spotless. He was one of the bus drivers. You know, and when you're in a small town, you know my mom also worked in the school district uh, where I grew up in Union City, and uh, she was a school uh, assistant, uh, a teacher's assistant. So I couldn't get away with anything in school because <laughs> they all told on me. Yeah. They definitely told on me because uh, Mrs. Odin was one of those. That, yeah, we're <laughs> let me get onto that, Jason. And so, uh, so you know, while I've had those influences in the, in my life. One of the most influential people in my life was a teacher, obviously, Uh, Mr. Campbell was our uh, math teacher and computer science teacher, and it was actually, he was our first computer science teacher in Union City, this is back in the 80s. Okay, They got a federal grant to be able to establish a computer room, and they bought all this TRS 80s, the Radio Shack TRS 80s, and you know, the big floppy disks and things like that, the kids don't even know what they look like now, except for they know that's the save button,
1: yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> so uh, so uh, that's kind of been the love of technology was inspired there. But he was also that type of teacher that could teach you and understand math okay. and how math really does relate to the world and what does it mean to the world and why is it so important. And it was just like, okay. And while I never went into a career that involved math, it was one of those things. I've always had that respect. I've got to do at least a little bit of this and, and I, you know, the proofs, the proofs that you would have to do. He actually were, was able to break it down to where I oh, I understand how to do proofs now. It just clicked because he was able, these are the rules of the game for math. That's what this is. You're just listing the rules of the game of the math. All the other math teachers I've ever had that I had to do proofs for never, ever explained it that way. I don't even know if they still do proofs in school anymore. But it's it's interesting how that understanding of listing the rules of the game ended up being a lot like what I do now as a journalist. Because that's what I'm doing. I'm breaking down those essential facts of whatever equation that we're all dealing with. Mm-hmm. I'm actually bringing down the proofs and telling you why things happen the way they do. And that's exactly what happens with proofs and mathematics. So uh, in a weird way, a math teacher has influenced what I do as a journalist.
1: Oh, wow. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. Another thing I want to add is, you know, when, when, we, when we're when doing things of public service, um, some of us may want to shy away from being role models or things of that nature whether it's advertly or inadvertently we're all teaching somebody something and i don't believe in coincidences i believe in perfect timing and my daughter uh has inspired to be a journalist oh wow okay yeah so even looking at people like yourself on oeta and you know, certain news channels things like that you guys are teaching or even influencing, which could be synonymous to teaching somebody to say, you know what, I want to try that. You know, he or she taught me to go out and take that chance of, you know, I can do this as well. You know, whatever the process is, got to go to school. Education is everything. Education is the end-all, be-all to everything. So whether it's in a conventional classroom setting. Or as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the custodian can be teaching their kid to keep their own clean because they keeping the restrooms clean, you know, so some way in some fashion we're all educators and teaching the future leaders of the country on what to do. Because we dependent on them for the future.
0: I love that. I love that. I'm big into uh, returning back to the classroom. Yes. Um, the I love what your example is there because growing up in a small town in Oklahoma, I didn't have a lot of influences as far as where I wanted to go with my career. There's not a lot of DJs. And that's how I got started, was as a DJ at KJ 103, is how this whole broadcast career started. Yeah. Uh And uh, so, as it's evolved and over the years, I've always said, you know, if I had somebody back in Union City that would have been a positive influence that could have directed me, maybe I would have saved some time. And, and learn some things. Exactly. And I, and so about five years ago, they started a journalism course and uh, they put together a little newscast called UCTV, Union City Television. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously social media is a great thing. It pops up on my social feed and I'm like, wait a second, what? Mm-hmm. And I clicked in and these kids are actually, like you said, they're taking their shot. They're, they they're, It wasn't a well-rehearsed, wasn't well-formed, But it was one of those things where you could tell there was so much potential with those students, the way they were, and they were trying to mock, and not necessarily mock, but emulate what they were seeing in common, in regular media. And so you could tell that your point is exactly right, that we are going to be those influences, whether they want to be... Right. Like us or not. Exactly. Um, so I go back um, every at least once a year to the journalism course. And through those five years, there are now two other members of the media here locally that are working out of Union City. So now there's three members of the Union <laughs> City uh, mafia, so to speak, uh, to, to come in here and take over Oklahoma City Media. And uh, those two young students are great. They're fantastic. I say students. They're no longer students. They graduated from college, one of them with honors. You know, it's, it, 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 it's a it's it's an amazing thing to watch, because it actually, you know, in conversations with the parents and the teacher of one of the students that have gone on to become a, a member of the media here, um, she wasn't interested in anything. Wow. She didn't have that focus, and she took this class, and it inspired a focus. Mm-hmm. It was something that she wanted to see, and, and something she wanted to explore, and and as she developed this career it was amazing to watch what she was doing in college to experiment and change and do these different things and i i was amazed because i was sitting there and watching somebody who i took as a shy person Mm and actually blossom into this yeah. wonderful just magnificent person as she continues to grow. Yeah. You know, you won't see her on air but she's influencing everything that's on the air. Right. You know. Yeah. And so you may not see your your reporter, you may not or you may not see this person, but they are affecting what's going on and what you're taking in as media. Okay. And it's like I think they're some of the best and brightest. Uh, the really cool thing about this course and the instructor out there that's doing this it's now catching the attention of the University of Oklahoma mm. Oklahoma State University the journalism schools there and the University of Missouri who has one of the best journalism schools in the country Good deal. and they're actually they, they actually are watching these students develop I got to go out there a, a couple of weeks ago or last week last week man that world goes crazy <laughs> so last week uh, um, uh, actually, it was Monday of this week. It was Monday of this okay. week that it happened. Uh, so I got to go out there, and once again, there's a whole new crop of kids. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that this wide eye, like, and they they, they ask very interesting questions. Okay. Uh, like, who is your favorite celebrity to interview? Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, what are you talking about? Are you talking about, like, what kind of celebrity? Are you talking about, like, music or actor? Or are you talking about an athlete? Or are you talking about a politician? Right. You know, because I've interviewed the gamut I've had that opportunity to be able to do that and so they were like really you know so they started engaging and they started talking about you know they want to know what it was like to be a DJ in the 90s yeah you know what was that like and I said well it was actually kind of depressing because music went into this grunge thing it went from this this poppy happy type thing and it really went into the grunge thing and that's kind of when I actually started discover rediscovering a lot of R&B and rap and things like that in my time because I had really, I was like, uh, I was the Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel. I yeah. was the uh, Furious uh, Four <laughs> Plus One. I was uh, uh, Run DMC obviously, uh, okay. Beastie Boys. You know, Beastie okay. Boys is actually one of the first influences that I heard <coughs> in Little Union City because right. one of my neighbors he was playing it as a teenager out of his garage. And I'm like, man, that's a different sound. Right. And what is that? And it's, well, this is, this is the Beastie Boys. It's also a form of rap. And I'm like, well, I've got this Run DMC tape. and So we would, we would go back and forth, and we would yeah. exchange, and that's how we would learn each other's music. And then I got to go on a trip uh, to New York City. And that flashed everything in front right. of my eyes because it went from Oklahoma radio, where you're really, really protected in the 80s, right. to really hearing some Amazing songs and amazing statements that were made in the eighties that you could dance to. Right. So when music kind of started veering away from that in the popular part of it, the CHR top forty type stuff where I was working in, and it started veering off into the nirvanas and the negatives love and the, nirvana. And the love. now I love Nirvana. I get the messages. I get the messages. <laughs> but boy, that Dang influence <laughs> that influence was such a downer that gotcha. it was it was hard for somebody who while I'm a positive person generally,
1: uh-huh.
0: at that point in time in my life, that wasn't a good influence. Okay. Okay. And so I was looking for something else, and that's where I was started discovering uh, things like uh, A Tribe Called, called Quest, oh, uh, arrested, arrested Development. <laughs> I started, uh, uh, you know, I've got, and I love it because I always tell the kids, you know, I saw Tupac before Tupac was Tupac. Oh wow! And they look at me like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Digital Underground." But yes. now, and they didn't know what Digital Underground was. Right. Now they do because they've heard Shock G died, right. and so they were like, "Oh yeah, the Shock G guy, yeah, yeah." And I'm like, "Yeah, I was I was actually at the Oklahoma City concert back in '89 when Tupac was still a um, roadie. Yeah, he was for, a roadie. Yeah, he was a he was roadie, road and he was one of the dancers for."
1: digital under, underground Yeah, speaking on that I, I grew up in a home where um, we had a plethora of sounds from from the Hall of Notes from the Duran Durans mm, you know uh, a culture club Um then, still one of my favorites yeah we, we have a culture club 12 inch over the 45s oh. take the 45 I'll put in uh, um, I don't know if you if me <clears throat> um, I know you are Excuse me. <laughs> Commodores, Yes. The temptations, to, so it was. It was. It was an eclectic sound, and I appreciate my parents because, even to this day, um, if I'm walking or at the gym, I'm listening to it all, and it right, all just right. just influences uh, me in terms of just the sound and the, and the. The, uh, the ability is infinite. Music is infinite, mm-hmm. and I uh, know we we kind of uh, uh, scurve to a different lane of conversation. But uh, music to me is it's it's, it's the end. I'll be out to happiness. It is um, an encompassed sadness. Um, it does influence the emotions and the feelings of our soul. It speaks directly. So I saw that's just my subjective opinion. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get a little forclump to even get you know a little emotional when I hear certain songs. Um, from those, from those groups, are from the '80s, '70s, and the '80s groups. You know, um, uh, Michael McDonald before uh, he left the Doobie Brothers, right? Um, and you know, the list goes on, on, on and on and on. I can, I can talk music. Oh, I can. From, you
0: know, you know who I think is being short shifted uh, here in Oklahoma City? Uh, J B Williams. J B Williams.
1: He is. He's also a TAF. Well, well I'm blasted. telling you what. I'm telling you what.
0: His latest <laughs> album, his latest yeah. album, uh, "Fragile and Cruel." Right. It's one of the most listenable albums from the beginning to the end. Right. It is the the song "Hope." Okay. Uh, the lyric where you know we can make with spaghetti because we can eat for spit spaghetti right. for days.
1: Right.
0: Been there. Yeah. yeah. I felt that. It, it was like I remember doing that very thing I didn't realize it was a problem growing up I didn't realize we were broke growing up because my parents didn't and that whole song brought that whole uh, that thing back that nostalgia of growing up and having that young hope that hey you know yeah we got to share resources and we got to do these things but but you don't hear this on the radio you don't hear this kind of music on the radio now And it's such an inspirational song. It's such what he's done. I I mean, I think it's better than anything I've heard in a long, long time from anything from the East Coast to West Coast. Right. Um... It's just amazing, and I love the fact that he still just embraces Oklahoma City. Is he could be oh, he could be anywhere right now. Definitely, he chooses to be here. Definitely. and that is a major thing for me. Is that I love, I love JB, I love his music, but definitely. that last album, man. I think if if you know, parental guidance suggested, of course, but mm-hmm.
1: you know, what music isn't these what days? What music? You know. Yeah, I met with JB a few times. Great guy. I uh, say he's a 2020. TAF Awards recipient. And uh love, love, love what he stands for. I love his drive, his ambition. And uh, yeah, he could be anywhere in the world. Definitely. And. He may be the Oklahoma the next oh, Jay-Z so to speak to represent Oklahoma mm-hmm. you know as a whole the state of Oklahoma so we just see yeah right, so. I hope yeah. so I just I love what he does and stuff like that
0: so let's I guess well let's let's go back you know <laughs> I, I, this is the wonderful thing about this podcast there's yeah. no rules we don't right. have to worry about that yeah. Here of things this is great conversations right and uh, so one of the yeah. things that I'm, I'm always curious about is Engaging parents in education, it's one of the most difficult things that teachers have to do and administrators have to do. Uh, But it's almost the crucial key to unlocking the effectiveness of an education. Mm -hmm. Um, What do teachers tell you guys? About that, I know you guys are showing that these educators are of value and they're, they're a part that we should really, really honor in our society. Mm-hmm. But what do they tell you about that kind of connection in the classroom that they have with students that they want to continue that connection with parents?
1: Um, unfortunately, each year, it's, it's a 50-50 shot because you don't know what parents organically are involved in their kids' life or just parent-guardian, maybe a, a guardian. Um, that's involved in the kid's life. So each year, the teachers, it's a challenge for them, and they know right off, right after the first semester, so to speak. Okay, this is going to be a challenge, or this is going to help us help educate this, you know, this this young kid, because it does take everybody. That's part of the village. Is the parents have to be fully engaged, have to be fully involved in what's going on, or the, the guardian? So. Um, yeah, that's something that, that's unfortunately it's just a year, it, it, it happens repetitively year in, year out. Is it a remedy for it? Could be, but it's based off an individual uh, account. You know, each individual is different in each time and, and place in the people's life. They could be going through something domestically. They could have, whatever the case may be, it's a list of million among reasons why somebody could be fully engaged or half engaged or not engaged at all. So each year is just something that the teachers have to prepare for. Part of the other subject that I'd like to
0: say is that the addition of technology in the classroom. Uh, when I was growing up it was chalkboards. Now it's smartboards and they can do these full feature presentations. And, bring so much of that multimedia experience into the classroom.
1: Uh, do you see a lot of teachers wanting to adopt that kind of technology in the yeah, classroom? Yeah, absolutely. My oldest uh, sister, is a, she teaches at Millwood, and that's a conversation that her and I had about, oops, sorry. sorry it's, all right. it's all right, we're about, good, we're about good. The, about the um, development of the technology. We, we had some uh, uh, nostalgia jokes about uh, what we used to go through coming up writing on the chalkboards and stuff like that. And, kids that we, that we was in school with eating chalk and stuff like that. So we just had a funny moment. And uh, she did uh, give me, you know, just a synopsis of uh, different technologies and how things are growing, which I wasn't in headlights because I'm like, okay, I see what you guys actually going through day to day inside the classroom. I'm just, you know, on the outside, so to speak, looking in, uh, just the Joe Harvey's window and so, um yeah, 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 the technology is even even with these 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 gadgets and stuff, um I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, my 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 kids have to keep me abreast, you know
0: exactly the kids born. the kids no. keep us young
1: yes. is what
0: happens because <laughs> uh, my kids uh, turn me on to social media and and I, I've always been one of those guys that, hey, learn the next technology because you know, the stuff that I learned in college for media uh, pretty much, doesn't exist that that type of medium tape, all that you know, hours and hours of Ampax take, tape. It's all gone now. I can fit everything in a little pocket, you know, with a little recorder, and I don't have to have this big machine anymore to have high quality sound and high quality and, and record something for a long form type program. You know, that's cheap and easy now. It's interesting, and I try to keep up with this technology, but it was actually my kids that kicked my in the butt to get me to do the social media stuff and learn all that, and that has actually paid off, because now I'm actually shooting news stories with the phone. It did. You know, I've got a whole mic rig that uh, that... attaches to my phone that gives me broadcast quality sound, and I've got lavaliers, uh, radio mic and all that kind of good stuff, so I can do a press conference with my phone and not, you know, so there's there's little things that adapt, uh, adapters that we've got, and it didn't cost me that much for that much of an investment. I've, continually try to invest in Jason Doyle media type stuff too to be able to grow these things and and work on these different projects because that's something that a freelancer has to do. That's the piece of advice. If you go into freelance, make sure you've got a little bit of capital to invest in your own equipment. Okay. Uh, simply because, and it, and it could be as simple as making sure you got a phone that shoots 1080 as well as 4K. It could be as well as, as buying one of these mics that are compatible with yours or finding a little system that works for you to be able to create that. And then the software today on computers, it's amazing, you know, uh, that you can go out and you can get these full programs for fairly cheap or even do the uh, monthly rental um, and that's kind of what I do now is, is I do uh, like I do it through Microsoft and Adobe. And I've had all this stuff that I'm subscribed to and I use it now, uh, especially since we've gone into the pandemic mode, uh, working from home. You know, I generally an uh, average week now, I'm actually working from home four days a week instead of and going into the office one day a week. Uh-huh. Um, that's not all. that's just the general pattern right now, but, and it doesn't always work that way. But it it's one of those things where instead of being in the office five days a week and, and doing those things, because of the pandemic, we've learned that we can, we don't have to have that formal office. Yeah. It's d- that disruptions also happen in the classroom. Right. And it's, uh, it's. Interesting because a lot of folks were bidding on the digital natives to be able to handle the zoom calls in the classroom And thought the problem would be with the teachers, but a lot of it is simply that every kid just like you said It's an individual and every kid learns differently and just because you and in the classroom You've got a lot of different options to teach a kid But with a zoom call it's a little bit more difficult to Explore those options.
1: Yeah, those glitches are inevitable um, and, 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 it's hard. It's, 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 it's definitely not the organic way to teach and things of that nature. Then you get to, I mean, it, I've been there in terms of just seeing the frustration in these educators face and, 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 even the kids when those glitches happen, it just makes me cringe. And, uh, like you said, we depended on the, the, the digital natives to, to handle that force, but um, I'm an advocate, and I'm a firm believer that time can and will heal most of everything. And so as we transition out of the the, the old norm to the new norm, um, people are getting more savvy, even myself, me being force fed, to understand uh, more more of the uh, ways. Because even now, my, my kids, they they join me, so to speak, they make fun of me because I don't have the latest iPhone. I don't have the latest note. I said, as long as it just do, you know, I have a simple phone and I'm happy with it. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 I remain Pollyanna in, in, in any situation. That's how my mom teach me, taught me. Make sure you look at the cup half full all the time, not half empty. So I I live with that principle. I live by it, and I'm I'm going to die by it in terms of uh, me remaining Pollyanna Pollyanna in any circumstance, in any situation. I love that because I'm a positive person generally.
0: Yes. Um, And I say generally because we all have our ups and downs. We have our our dark periods and things like that that we have to get through. Mm -hmm. I'm a big advocate for mental health. And uh, the reason why is because, as a generally positive person, I mistook that for being strong. Wow. Okay. And I I was in a situation, my father passed away about seven years ago. Sorry to hear. And, uh, And when he passed away, the last song he played at his funeral was Pharrell's "Happy." He had actually picked his songs before <laughs> yeah. he passed. Right. He had the opportunity. I mean that, right. that was the that was the nice thing is he had the opportunity. He knew it was coming. He was able to prepare. Everybody was able to prepare. So if it's if it's the way you go when you're surrounded by family and you can pick what happens at the end, that's the way to go. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So uh, so you know, and watching his last two years of life was amazing. Okay. And he really lived that happy life. So what had happened was that I was simply at that point where I wasn't happy with what I was doing. I wasn't happy with where I was at in my career. I wasn't happy with where I was as a person. And I didn't realize that. And it finally boiled over at work one day. I'm I just I literally walked out of a editorial meeting, walked to my desk, went to pick up the phone to make my first phone call of the day to start setting stuff up, and I felt like I was having a heart attack. Wow. And that was at this point where it was like, okay, something's going on, what's going on? So I walked right back in and I said, guys, I think I'm, I'm, my arm's numb, I'm, I'm having chest pains, it's hard for me to breathe. I, and I was just, I was trying to catch my breath and it was like, I'm, I'm dizzy, I don't know what's going on, I think I'm having a heart attack, please call 911. So, you know, they jumped to and they did everything like that. And So the ambulance arrives, the EMTs are looking at me, they're, they're like, you know, we're seeing signs, but you know, let's get you to the hospital. So go to the emergency room, go through all the tests and stuff like that. And they said, you know, Mr. Doyle, you didn't go through a heart attack. You had a panic attack. Oh, wow. What? No, I'm mentally strong. I've, I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm positive. I, that's, that's, no. You've been through a lot. And, I w- and they suggested that I go talk to my doctor about it. So I went and talked to my doctor. And she said, you've been through a lot. Yeah. You know, you, you've got a lot of high pressure on you in your career. Your father just died you have you know you have a lot of issues that you're trying to deal with and so she suggested the medication i mean it was the antidepressants and i'm like what why do i need an antidepressant and i was questioning these things and but i was going along with it because everything else i was doing it wasn't working mm-hmm. um so i went through the process and i did the i did the work i hated the medication okay. it killed my creativity i know why people don't take their medication I know why they don't take their medication. Yeah. But it's also an important, important to stress that the reason why I was able to get off the antidepressants and all that, because I put in the work. Okay. And that work means, you're, yeah, you're going to have to open up, you're going to have to discover yourself. You're going to have to look at those ugly parts that, what, what were you avoiding before? Right. And, and going to see a shrink and doing those oh, things. Yeah. And within four months I was able to come off the antidepressants. I was able to start writing again after I uh, come off, and there were even better things. But it also made me realize, while I'm a generally positive person, I wasn't happy. Mm. I wasn't pursuing that happiness. And that was the key. It was like, whoa, that key, that whole four months that I had to go through this, that's the key to unlocking it. And so I started asking for my happiness. I started saying listen, this doesn't make me happy. I need to change this. And I started making it, putting those pressure points and I changed my entire career. I went from somebody that worked in the corporate world every day and was a good little soldier to somebody that went to complete freelance and ended up developing a business that I had some of the best years in my career. Good deal. But that was that pivot point. That was that one song leaving a funeral that kept mm-hmm. echoing. And to this day, it still echoes, you know, it to this day, you know, and I've been through the gamut. I mean, and this is this has not been easy since September 2019 um, my wife got diagnosed with leukemia and uh, lymphoma Wow! so we've been going through a two and a half year treatment now things are great things are awesome things are going in the positive direction and stuff but when that first hit it was like (gasps) yeah you know so we were able to manage that together as a as a couple and we've worked it's actually made us stronger together you know working together and learning each other and and even though we've known each other for decades and been around and been partners for so long it was a learning experience to actually go through this type of life experience together and so it's made my marriage stronger yeah. Even though we're dealing with cancer. The big right. C word. Yeah. Right. Then you turn around and you got a pandemic. So yeah. I have to... Re- and I've just been hired not too long ago. Uh, about uh, right uh, August of 2019, actually. I was hired as the executive producer for the Oklahoma News Report over at OETA. I see that. So I'm like, I'm starting a new job. Wife gets cancer. And then six months later, we're dealing with a pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like, I have to reform everything I'm doing and everything I'm informed about... Every little trick I've got, I no longer have my, at my disposal and everybody's to the four winds working from home. How do I make a newscast working from home? How do I do a show working from home? So you take all that and you're like, okay, there's some more pressure that you gotta do, but we did it and we did it as a team. Yeah, yeah. You, and then you get through and then, uh, then you come along and then COVID hits family personally and it took my mom back at, back in the fall. Oh, and so, uh, and I appreciate that, I really do. Um, And it brought, unfortunately, it brought a lot of tears and everything like that. But it was a different type of experience than, because we knew my dad was dying. We were making plans for Thanksgiving when my mom died. And so major, major difference between, or when my mom got sick is what I should say, because she spent the hospital, she spent the... Uh, No, wait. Halloween happens before Thanksgiving. We were actually talking about Thanksgiving before she went into the hospital, before she got sick. Uh, because I smoke turkeys, you know, I do a lot of the, you've probably followed me around on social media. I do that. I smoke on Sundays, do the barbecue thing and all that kind of good stuff. So for Thanksgiving, I usually smoke turkeys for folks and all that kind of good stuff. And so I was asking, you know, we were trying to make those plans. She's like, I don't know, you know, maybe just a turkey breast instead of the full turkey. Cause I'm thinking it's just going to be you and your sister and me. And that's kind of really literally the plan. And then three, three, four days later, my sister saying, mom's going to the hospital right now. We think it's COVID. It's like, okay, so you go in, and you go through that whole thing, and for two and a half weeks, she fought. She fought, she fought, she fought, and then we thought, in fact, at the beginning of the week, the doctors were actually getting optimistic, cautiously optimistic, but you know, and then it happened. The down, that down cycle that we hear, you know, they kind of start making signs of recovery, and then all of a sudden, the down cycle. So that really hit, and then to come to find out The key that made the difference was because I had enough wisdom of what had happened before with my dad and where we were at, I was able to slow down and take the moments in that we were having, planning on my mom's funeral, because the wonderful thing is my mom paid for the funeral. She had made all of her plans she did all this because she was inspired of what dad had done to set her up for success after he passed and so she set up her kids to be successful as she passed and uh and it was interesting because there's little things that you could tell that was mom when dad passed uh, before he passed he said don't you spend a lot of money on my coffin right don't you do it right because i'm i and when we were selecting the coffins for him it was very interesting, because the cheapest coffin in there was perfect for dad. Okay. It was one of those, this is dad all over, and then they told us the price tag, he says, yeah, actually, that's the cheapest coffin, and He was like, okay, that's kind of me, that's right. that's cool, we hit his goal. Right. Well, When we were going through mom's stuff, and, and we're like, wow, okay, she selected this, she selected that, so how much is this going to cost us, and they told us, oh, no, it's paid for.
1: Right.
0: It's like, okay, so when it came to the coffin, though, my mom got a revenge. <laughs> she got the most expensive coffin.
1: <laughs>
0: so in, 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 in the cemetery plots, you know, while you can't see it, Right. In my mind, in my in my heart, I know my dad is smiling because he got his cheap coffin, and my mom is smiling oh, she because definitely. she got her expensive because, coffin.
1: Definitely, and it's just
0: exactly the way it was for them as a couple. It was everything I remembered. So it was, even though there was that sad time, there was that general positivity, that happiness. Yeah, uh, that was able to know that my mom still played her tricks at the yeah. end of the life. Even though she was gone, we knew she was still playing her tricks. Definitely, and so so uh, and then, so it's that thing that doing the work, the whole mental health thing, and I'm still doing it to this day. I'm still there are still days, and like at the, during this week that we're we're talking and recording this, my ex father in law died, or was at his funeral was this oh, wow. week. Wow. The, so I went up to Kansas City and did that. One of my mentors died. I say one of my mentors, actually a guy that really helped me get my start in radio and actually teach me some of the practical stuff, DJ Saad. He passed away of COVID. He was only 50. You know. So all these little things all through this pandemic, it's like, oh, okay. so I understand when we're talking about mental health and we're talking about these, it's okay to take care of yourself. And I want to make sure people understand that it is okay to take care of yourself. And that doesn't just mean health care or eating good food or those type of things. It means mental health care. Definitely. And we're going through a lot together. And that's what I'm hoping that we're able to able to do when we get out of this, is that understand that I know everybody's got a certain attitude that's going on in these days, or at least it feels like that, right? That we're not really talking to each other and having these conversations like this. And I think you and I are pretty much on the same page because there's not very much controversial popping up between us or anything like right, that. Right, right, definitely. But we're still having these conversations and we're still able to set show people that and set those examples like I said like you've said is that it's time to set these examples so other people can learn how to engage in conversations even though, because we've never had a long form conversation, we've never really, right. we've been more in group settings whenever we've met, we've right. never had this one-on-one, I'm finding you authentically this great guy I appreciate that That, that <laughs> I'm sitting here going, gosh, you know, I've missed out, I've missed <laughs> out on Kareem, I appreciate man, that. you know, so that's, the, that's something that I, I hope that we're able to do and, and make these connections and really encourage people that, hey, We're going to get through this as long as we get through it together and we support each other and and do these things that, you know, while we may not agree on everything, there are definitely a lot of areas of agreement and a lot of areas we can
1: work together. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You you couldn't have said it no more better. I can't say it no more better myself. (laughs) Well, thank Uh, you. Thank you. Definitely, definitely. But I I, I want to speak on another thing. Okay, Uh, okay. I I brought this um, envelope with me. And what we're doing, we're, um, <clears throat> when I say we, it's Teachers Appreciation Foundation. We partner with, um, and I'm going to convey this to to Kara, Kara? Kara, yeah. Kara. I'm going to convey this to her as well. Well, we partner with uh, Marcus Smith Real Estate Team <laughs> at Keller Williams, and we're raffling off a brand new home. And what I want to do, I wanted to leave two tickets, uh, to your podcast show and to your listeners, they say they listen to this interview and they have to say they love a shot of JD. They have to say they love. A shot of JD. Okay, all right, and all right. You can you can manipulate it. Okay. To, to have you want to, but these tickets they uh they're a hundred dollars a piece. Wow. And uh um, I'm gonna leave this information is uh, for me to uh, finish my my, my point. Is uh, we're raffling off a brand new home uh, built by Mirage Homes. So U- the home is in Yukon, Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna leave two tickets with you. And um, wow,
0: fantastic! Okay, so basically, this is a raffle for a new home for the Teachers Appreciation Foundation. I've got two one hundred dollars tickets here, so it's a hundred dollars a ticket for a raffle. Uh, so. We'll f- I, I'll, let me think here okay. but uh, what I will do is that if you mention that you have listened to this podcast on your social media and you tag me on social media either at Jason Doyle on Twitter or Jason Doyle Broadcasted on Facebook you can even throw me an email at shotofjdpodcast at gmail.com and we'll enter you for this draw. I'm going to do the drawing I'm going to just do a drawing But you have to do exactly what Kareem said you have to say you love the Shot of JD with Friends podcast. Yes. Definitely. Man, this is just, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. That's a big, big surprise. <laughs> that is a huge surprise, because unexpected, and so I will make sure that these get into some good hands okay. and uh, get to the drawing, so this is exciting. <laughs> uh, if folks want to learn more about the Teachers Appreciation Foundation, how can they find out more, Kareem? Please visit
1: our website, taf5.org, and taf is the for Teachers Appreciation Foundation, so it's T A F the number five or they can uh, visit our like page on Facebook, Teachers, and this without the apostrophe, Teachers Appreciation Foundation.
0: As somebody that uh, practices the language arts, you know how many times I've had to correct that, where people are say, well, is it a possessive or is it a multiple, you know, or, or a plural? And that's the thing. A lot of people will do the apostrophe when they actually mean the plural. So, yes, teachers, all one word, no apostrophe, appreciation foundation. And if you want to go to the website, TAF, the number five dot org. Definitely. Kareem, thank you so much. Kareem Muhammad, it has been a pleasure. Thank you, for thank you so much. Thank you so much for the award. This is going up in the awards rack. I, in fact, I, you know what? I think I may have to build a shelf right next to the TV so my wife can see this. Because, <laughs> I mean, do. my, my <laughs> wife has no care of what I do. She doesn't even know what I do. In fact, every time I say, hey, can we watch what I did on the show? She's like, oh, <laughs> I've got a DVR. Can you wait? You know, I've got something else to do. But so I'm going to put this on a shelf next to the TV. So actually, we got a curio cabinet. I I think that's where it's going to go. And I'm going to build a little light in the curio cabinet. So it shines down on there. And she goes, look, I'm award- I'm an award-winning podcaster. <laughs> Kareem, Nothing thank bad. you so much. Thank I really appreciate it. And thanks for joining us here on the Shot of JD podcast, our Shot of JD with Friends podcast. Thank you for having
1: me. A Shot of JD.
0: Thanks again to Kareem Mohammed, the founder and executive director of the Teachers Appreciation Foundation. So now, you know, we're going to do our first kind of contest here on the Shot of JD with Friends podcast. Uh, the drawing for these tickets is Wednesday, September 1st, or actually the drawing for the home is Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. The drawing for the tickets, I'm going to do a few days before. So here's what you got to do. Got to get a hold of me on social media. Say you love the Shot of JD podcast. You want to be entered in the uh, TAF uh, home drawing. Uh, you can also email me. That's going to be uh, shot at jdpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll uh, do the drawing right around the 29th. You'll be notified if you got one of the tickets or one of the, the raffle tickets. And then, of course, uh, TAF will do the drawing. Uh, they're scheduled for September 1st. So we'll go from there. And uh, by the way, you want to pay attention real closely because this is going to be how you get a hold of me.
1: Man, how can people get in touch with you if they want to, you know, reach out to you via technology? I'm on Twitter.
0: Yes, I'm on Twitter. At Jason Doyle is where you can find me over on Twitter, over on Facebook. It's a little bit more complicated. It's Jason Doyle Broadcasted. That's my Facebook page. And of course, some of you are on my personal uh, Facebook page. You know, we all got those. Uh, And once again, you can email at shotofjdpodcast at gmail.com at shotofjdpodcast at gmail.com. And if you need to catch up on past episodes, jd.simplecast.com.
1: Oh, sorry, folks. We run out of time. Shame, shame, shame.
0: All right. So first of all, thanks a lot for Kareem. This is going to be kind of interesting. We're going to do a little experiment here. By the way, the grilling sessions are going to come up very, very soon, right here on The Shot of JD with Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Doyle. Thank you so much for listening.
1: I didn't make anybody stay here until 7 a.m. or 11 or whatever it is everybody finally left. I didn't make this kid pass out on my floor. People wanted to be here. That was their decision. Stay in school and don't let nobody bully you. A shot of J.D.